Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. You know, uh, Jack and I were, were just talking as we're getting ready for this, and I, I, I apologize, Jack, but I just want to say it. <laughs> okay. Um, Mike always asks us before we start if we're ready. Are you ready? And, ready to go to heaven. Well, yeah, ready, ready for ready that. Ready to say anything. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, when I'm doing my job, when I'm taking care of patients, I feel very ready. I feel very ready. Always prepared. You know, I'm going in to do a procedure, whatever it is. I have a sense of readiness that I know what I'm doing. Um, when we come before you guys to talk about Jesus and to talk about his word, um, it doesn't even matter how much preparation we do. I just never feel ready. Do you feel ready, Jerry? <laughs> I don't feel ready. I feel like uh, I'm going to stumble over my tongue or something like that. It's going to yeah. fall out and then I'm going to trip and then I'm going to roll out the room. It's so. going to be horrible. Well, like I told Mike before we got started, we're as ready as we're going to be. So, <laughs> and it's probably going to be horrible, and I'll trip over oh, my tongue and fall shoot. <laughs> So uh, we're doing something different today. We're still in the book of Mark, okay? Yeah. And uh, if, if you're following along, I mean, we're getting ready in Mark chapter 8 and verse 31, but we want to fast forward a little bit to 1 Peter. And, uh, and the reason why is because, you know, we do a lot of picking on these guys because over and over, Jesus is telling the disciples kind of what's going on and what's up and who he is. And he's doing all these things. And then they still just aren't getting it. Yeah, the, the Gospels are kind of like watching them go through kindergarten and first grade yeah. and, and, and middle school. And, and eventually they graduate and then they write some things in the letters that are just phenomenal that show you that they really did get it and they, they picked did. it up and they passing it along yeah. uh, to us even today. Do you want to read for us, Jack, out of First yes, Peter? Uh, we could read it starting at, at chapter 5, but just kind of slow it down a little bit. I'm going to move to, to verse 6 of chapter 5, which tells us to humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the evil one, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So that doesn't sound like what was happening in Mark chapter no. 8, where we left off, where uh, Jesus is asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? And what do they say? Well, you're... Maybe John the Baptist resurrected from the dead, or maybe you're Elijah come back, or uh, I don't know. And then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Well, what does Peter say? You are the Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he got uh, kind of the um, pat on the back. Good job, Peter, right? Uh, heaven, uh, uh, man did not reveal this to you, but heaven uh, revealed this to you, Peter. And upon this rock, this uh, confession of, about me as being the, the Christ, 
I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, almost the very next statement, Jesus says something. He says, I am going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to fall into the hands of wicked men. I'm going to be tried and I'm going to be killed. And Peter pulls Jesus aside. Get this, pulls him aside. Come here a minute, Lord. I got to tell you something. They're not going to kill you. They can't kill God. No, that's not going to happen. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. So it's like at that particular time, he gets scolded. Uh, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, because those words that you're not going to be killed and crucified denies salvation through the cross of Christ. But here we see Peter in the end of his letter, the first letter of Peter, uh, talking about the devil being like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That sounds familiar. Get behind me, Satan. He was being scolded about that. Now he's got a handle on who the devil is. And not only that, but he's also got a handle on suffering. Because I hear people all the time say, um, why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, I prayed many, many times for my dad not to die, but he died anyway. And if, if God can't heal my dad, then I don't want to serve a God. I hear these kinds of statements, but here we have the answer to it, the very answer to it. Peter has it figured out. He says that we are going to have the same kinds of suffering that everyone in the family of God suffer around the entire world. It is the same. We are familiar with the same kind of suffering. And we're going to have to suffer a little while before we come into the glory of Christ. But so did Jesus. Right. And so did these disciples. And so what, I, what we're saying is, what growth happens with Simon Peter from the time he's in first grade trying to learn things from Jesus in the Gospels to where now he's in graduate school? teaching right. us all of these deep lessons, these deep theological things. One of the things that, that jumps out at me too, Jack, is you're talking about on this, on this rock, I'll build my church. And, um, you know, the Bible is so full of these little plays on words. Um, you know, the Hebrew language, especially because when they didn't have, uh, the, they didn't have vowels in the written language. And so words could be read different ways, right. you know, depending on the context. Um, and then later they added the, the little jots and little dots and things to, to clear it up, um, you know, for certain passages. But here, you know, and you know this, that the name that's given to Peter also means, means rock. rock. And so Jesus is saying that yeah, I'm going to build this church on those words and on that testimony and on me because he's the, 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 cornerstone. the cornerstone. He's he the firm the foundation. Right. Um, but also through this disciple, um, because he calls him the rock, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he kind of leads out as far as the... Uh, Apostles are concerned yeah. because um, there's a lot written about Simon Peter in the book of Acts and in his letters, and and we know a lot about him. So that can be detrimental to know a lot about you oh, if you sure. make a lot of mistakes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It reveals, you know, who the real work is, though. The, the, the Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the real work in mm -hmm. us and through yeah. us. 
you know, because we're all flawed like these disciples otherwise. Well, there's something that happens, and, uh, you know, we're probably going to have to really kind of throw you through about three chapters here to kind of get it. Mark, uh, remember we've said, is kind of a just get to it kind of guy. He doesn't right. mince words. He just goes story after story. But in Mark 8.31, Mark 9.31, and Mark 10.32, we see three times that Jesus talks about the fact that he is going to be taken by evil men. He's going to be tried. He's going to be turned over to Gentiles, and he's going to be killed. And he does it those three times. All three times that Jesus says that, the disciples say something stupid. <laughs> I mean, to tell you, they say something that shows you that they are thinking about how great they are going to be when Jesus comes into his kingdom. Because they think he's coming into this big kingdom on earth where they're going to rule and reign. And he's talking about an eternal kingdom in the heavens where in order to get to be a part of that, you're going to have to die to yourself and you're going to have to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. And you're probably going to have to suffer a little while to do it. And that's the cup that Jesus was talking about. He had to drink and he was asking them if they could. And they're asking him if they can be the greatest. When they get to when he gets to his kingdom, all three times, so it's almost like this cyclical teaching that you see in uh, Mark eight, nine, and ten. Uh, if you look at it in the first one, he predicts his death, and the disciples fail to understand. And basically, Peter has his statement right about the fact that they're not going to kill you. The second time Jesus says it in Mark nine. Uh, the thing that happens is they have this argument on who's going to be the greatest in the in the kingdom. You know, who's going to be in the right seat on your right hand? Who's going to be in the left seat? And the third time in Mark 10, James and John come to him when he says he's going to be killed. And they say, hey, can we be those two guys that sit right at your right hand and your left hand and rule with you? Three times, three times, and Jesus teaches a lesson on discipleship and on servanthood each time. So you need to learn something, right? It's right after When the you want somebody to know something, <laughs> yeah. you kind of have to give it to them three piece times. By piece by piece. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, I'm not really telling on Jack here, but I'm going to pick on him for just a second because Jack is not only a good friend, but he's, he's a, he's a patient of mine. He's a good patient. Of Very mine. patient. Okay. He's a patient patient. Yeah. But no, if I've got a, an older patient <laughs> or, or a stubborn patient, or, you know, maybe just somebody that I don't think is following with me, and I've got one really important thing I want to get through to them. Um, I will say it three different times, three different ways. Um, and I do that with intention. And then if I still think that they're not quite getting it, I'll actually write it down for them or I'll put it in their note and print out uh, what we call a patient plan. That's got it in the, in there written out. And then I'll take that paper sometimes and I'll even highlight it. <laughs> like, here's well, that's what you were doing. <laughs> that's what I was doing. No. <laughs> but you know, it's this is this is what I'm picturing when Jesus is doing this because he's like, you know, these guys aren't getting it. 
I've got to do this. And so he, he, he does it three times. Now, sorry, guys, disciples, we're not picking on you because this is us too. We need to hear it three times, more than three times, because we just, we're stubborn, you know, and I, I mean, all of us, we have a stubbornness that, that, you know, we hear God in, in his word, but we don't always listen. Well, think about how they thought Jesus was going to set up the kingdom, how they thought in their mind from the very beginning of their lives, how they were taught, uh, how they understood this. It was going to be uh, the Messiah coming like on a white horse as a uh, victor, as a, uh, you know, someone who was going to conquer and going to come in and they were going to conquer Rome and get them out from under the boot of Rome. And they were going to set uh, the Jews once again in their rightful place. They felt as rulers of the world. And so these guys were thinking, hey, the time's coming pretty soon. I better get my two cents worth in for me because mm-hmm. I want to be I want to be a part of this kingdom with Jesus. And he, obviously we know that he wasn't talking about destroying Satan uh, physically or with might and power like, you know, weapons. He was going to do it with grace. Mm. He was going to do it more powerfully than they could even dream or imagine. Because who had totally experienced grace yet until Jesus dies on the cross and offers his life for your life. And when that happens, then, oh, this is going to be a different kind of a God, a different kind of a Savior, a different kind of Messiah, and a different kind of kingdom, by the way. Very different. I I feel like we still get sucked into the same trap a little bit today, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, especially here in, in the U.S., because... You'll hear people say, well, we just need to bring God back into America. We need to get God back in schools or we need to do, you know, get God back in Washington or, you know, what have you. Um, it, I, I would picture the the disciples saying something like, well, we need to get Jesus in Rome, you know, or right. we need to get Jesus back in the, the palace, in Herod's palace right. in Jerusalem. Um, and, you know, we really miss the point um, when we're dealing with that because God's in control. He's the authority. He's the supreme ruler overall. And guess what? You know, the God who's the God over us here in America is is God in Iraq. He's God in Iran. He's God in North Korea and in China and, and in all the places around the world where you can't even read the Bible or you can't witness uh, for Christ. Um, he's the Lord of all. But you know what? He hasn't established a physical earthly kingdom as yet. Right. He reigns in spirit and he reigns in the hearts of his people. And he calls us to be his disciples. Right. To, to be his followers, right? And he says here in, in 8, before he goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration, he says, you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross. They knew what that was. And follow me. Imagine that, Jack. Because, you know, when we, when we say that phrase, uh, you know, take up your cross, follow me, we, we picture Jesus 
Yeah. Right? Because he took up his cross and he was crucified. Right. Put yourself there in that moment when, and, and imagine that you're one of those disciples. Well, Jesus hasn't been crucified. Um, you know, none of that stuff has, has happened yet. It's not even on your radar. Um, and what in the world do you think they were thinking when he said, take up your cross and follow me? Well, I know they didn't understand. I knew they understood, but they didn't understand. Yeah. It was like um, they didn't see clearly or plainly, I think, because they couldn't comprehend uh, the whole picture of how Jesus was going to accomplish this. And so they knew what a cross was. They know what deny yourself is, and they know what follow, follow me is. So you can break it down. But what in the world? Take up your cross and follow me. That's, that's an instrument of death. Yeah. Today it would be take up your gas chamber, take up your, you know, <laughs> electric chair, your, your uh, lethal injection. Lethal injection needle, whatever. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I, I'm really blown away by the thought of, of that because here you are. <laughs> You're arguing about which one of you is going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And he's basically saying, um, that you're going to die like me, <laughs> and uh, and that's how you're going to that's how you're going to achieve greatness in this kingdom. That's not what anybody wants to hear. No, people people are trying to get everything they can of this world. Right. You know, let, let's get all we can, put it in a can, and then sit on the can so nobody can get it. Um, and that's not it at all. Jesus said, uh, "What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your soul?" I'm talking about your soul here, not any kind of materialistic thing that you can get, right? Mm -hmm. And so don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. This whole generation is seeking for things, materialistic things, uh, to be their, their hope uh, in this world and the next. Um, it just can't be. Even if, even if the thoughts are more noble than that, you know, um, Sometimes when we're seeking things from God, it, it's still not necessarily seeking God mm. or seeking mm. what he wants. Um, you know, we need to put ourselves in his will. And then the things that we want mm. will reflect what he wants. I heard um, it. I heard somebody put it this way one time. People want the benefits instead of the benefactor. Oh, yeah. You know, you can have the, the benefactor, the very one who is control of it all. And instead, you want the little things that fall from the table when you can be with him at the table. Uh, what do you want? Um, you know, some thing that, that grandpa buys you and gives you, or do you want to have an opportunity to be with grandpa? <laughs> you know, I'd rather be with the kids than, you know, with the things that they can give me or they, right. they can do for me. I'd rather be with them and have them sit right next to me and want to be there. And it's relationship. It's relationship. And the, that's what God wants. The things in my book, okay, the reason that they have value and importance, I have things that, that you know, my parents left. 
all right? And the reason that those are valuable and important to me is not because of the thing, but because you. it reminds Absolutely. me of them. Absolutely. That, that's the important thing. And, and that's, that's what Jesus really is calling us to. He's calling us to that kind of relationship where we're not holding on to the things, but we're holding on to him. I have a, um, a ukulele. You guys know what ukulele is? Ukulele is a little bitty baby guitar that didn't grow up. Mm-hmm. It just has four little nylon strings on it, and it's tuned differently, and you play with one or two fingers and chord that way. Sounds kind of Hawaiian, and most people would probably think of a ukulele. You can buy that in the toy store, right? And uh, you don't think really of people maybe playing the ukulele as being uh, the most dominant musician in the world. But guess what? My dad used to hand make ukuleles. Wow. And uh, he took one and handmade it, gave it to my friend. And we used to travel around in churches way back when we were in high school and do little acts for the VBSs or children's programs or Sunday night church or something like that. And about two years ago, after about 45 years, I got that ukulele in the mail. And the ukulele is from my, my friend Dennis Wyatt, who my dad had made it for and given it to. And he wrote me a note that said, this ukulele has meant a lot to me and served me well for 45 years, but it needs to be back in your family. It needs to be back in your hands. Oh, that's awesome. And he gave it. And so for me, that's a very special thing. Very. Very, very special thing. And who I give that to would have to be somebody in the family that would appreciate the meaning behind the physical little instrument that is a ukulele. That's a beautiful story, Jack. Well, guys, um, I think we should wrap it up right there. Um, The book of Mark, (laughs) I mean... It's, it's such a, a fast-paced book, but um, it's got me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me tell something on John now before we stop. Right. Yeah, i got one minute to tell you. He tells something on me. So John uh, comes to me a few, few weeks ago before we started, Mark, and he said, uh, what do you want to do next? And I said, well, I'd, I'd like to go through the book of Mark. And John said, oh, no, let's not go through Mark. Let's go through John. I don't know if it's because your name is John and you want to go through. No, that wasn't it. John uh, kind of has has a lot of commentary on himself, and he's got a lot of beautiful stories. And John, all of the Gospels are beautiful. They're all different in their own way. But what I knew about Mark was I knew how fast-paced it was and how great the stories just followed one after another. And I knew, and you did too, how much you would love it. You just hadn't gone through it in this venue or this sure. avenue before. You're having a lot sure. of fun. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm enjoying the fact that you're having a lot of fun going through the Book of Mark. Because <laughs> you went, oh, no, we don't want to do no. Mark. It's stupid. <laughs> anyway. True story. <laughs> well, on that note, on that thank note. you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we love you. Uh, reach out to us at connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. 
uh, share us with your friends, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time. And I promise I'll eat well and take my pills. Okay, thank okay. you.